Welcome to the Drunken Jaguar. Today is September 26th, and we have a packed show for you and a new co-host. Um, we have Bentley here for you. He is a Jaguar fan in Colorado, much like me. What's up, Bentley? Say what's up. <coughs> Sorry, a, a little bit of cough. Uh, there it is. That, that's how he says what's up to people, apparently. So, Bentley, um, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself before we start the show? Oh, classic story. Um, I was born into hardship as a Dallas Cowboys fan. No. Uh, in my uh, kindergarten year, the Cowboys won their third Super Bowl <laughs> of recent memory, and my parents pulled me out of school to attend the parade. Uh, we were then informed to be moving to Jacksonville the next year. My parents were kind of distraught because they're going to be moving to a city with no professional football team. And sure enough, as we were preparing to move, the Jaguars had announced that they had a new franchise, and uh, we became instant instant fans. And as a kid, uh, I was witness to those first few seasons, got to meet uh, some players, Mark Brunel and uh, Jimmy Smith and James Stewart, that hooked me on the team for life. Wow. There it is. All right, Bentley. Well, it's a pleasure having you on the show as the new co-host, and good to have a Jaguars fan around for sure. So, especially in that uh, Houston Texans bar last week. Yeah, that was dangerous. It's when we first met. Um, good time though, huh? Oh, great time. The Bud Light Castle Guard <laughs> motto sponsor guy showed up in a limo, and uh, with a full band playing. What was the instrument? Some French horn, medieval. Dude, I did not know what the hell was going on. I was like, what? And then just started handing out beers. All kinds of shit was happening. Yeah, and their fake British accents passing us, passing out beers, which made the game a little bit more uh, bearable to watch until that beautiful uh, last, last minute drive. Until the comeback. <laughs> that was, um, it was very interesting, though. The whole Bud Light thing. I was like, um, can you guys get out the way? I'm trying to watch football here. You know, the game's on and yeah, the fiasco's like, going diddly, on. Diddly, diddly. <laughs> I'm like, I'm speaking English here, yeah. but... What the hell is going on? Anyways, let's not talk about a week that we lost. Let's talk about Thursday. We won. We are one and zero. We are one and zero, and we beat the. T- oh, we're one and zero in the second half of September. We are one and zero against the Titans this year. Yes, that's, that's where cool. I was going with that. I think. Yeah. And uh, some of my uh, early Jaguar memories was that um, I think it was the 1999 to the 2000 playoffs. Um, I was a kid. We had moved from Jacksonville actually away to Chad. In Northern Africa, uh, as a as a kid, I'd pay six bucks an hour to download NFL stats and track my team. We even streamed; it's like in '99, we're streaming the games through the internet. Um, great season, so much fun. The Jaguars, I think, were underrated that year. Mark Brunell, uh, Fred Taylor, um, Jimmy Smith, just running over teams. We went undefeated that year. Did you know that? I did not, except for loss to one team, the Titans. Mm. Another loss to the same team, the Titans. And an AFC Conference Championship loss to the Titans. Wow. So when they say remember the Titans, I definitely do. And it's usually with disdain. Uh, last Thursday night was awesome. Finally got it done. After, what, has it been three years now? I think I think it's been, they were won the last six, I believe, against us. It was a, something like that. It was quite a few in a row. Well, we got it done on Thursday night football too. Primetime, kind of, un- I call it a half primetime game. Those <laughs> Thursday night games. When they're on NFL Network, not everyone gets to see them. So, mm. But um, I was going to ask you, how do you like Colorado? Since you know this is probably new to you, yeah? Yeah, it's a, definitely been a change. Um, I was in Saudi Arabia the last three years. Um, I'm actually in filmmaking, mostly. I do a little bit of music and uh, sound experimentation and stuff too. 
and it's been nice to be in Colorado working on a PhD in that in that regard. Um, I also first first university I've been at with a college football team, hmm. so uh, not the best of ones, but but still, go Buffs. <laughs> Um, not a terrible team, but they do play in the Pac-12, which is actually kind of on the rise this year a little bit. They've got, I think they have three or four ranked teams finally, and they are a, one of the power conferences that people are like, oh, you guys aren't really a power conference, you know? Mm. But anyways, so talking about you coming to Colorado, you know who else is coming back to Denver this weekend? I have no clue. Well, Calais Campbell. Did you know Calais is from here? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's he, nice. He went to, I believe he went to Denver South. A um, few other people. Philip Lindsay, you know Philip Lindsay, mm-hmm. right? Denver's running back. Mm-hmm. I, he went to one of those schools around there. Denver, Denver area. South, North. One of those schools over there. Yeah. And also Lendell White, if you knew him, the, he used to be a Titan. He was a USC running back. Okay. He went to Denver South as well. And then, of course, I was telling you about Andrew Wingard, the dude who you know, forced a fumble last week. He's from over here in Arvada. No way. Two people. And then, of course, the GOAT, Tony Baselli from Boulder. Did you know Whoa, that? that I had no clue. Really? Yeah, um, he grew up in Boulder. So I was listening to some radio show, and they were talking about how, you know, where Tony considers himself from. Like, are you from Colorado? Or are you from <laughs> Florida? And they said, hey, he's like, you He's know, like, I'm, Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, no, no more questions. <laughs> hey, I'm on, I'm on his boat. I'm like, can you get yeah, Tony, the Tony into train. the damn Hall of Fame, please? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, he's from Boulder. Boulder. Yeah, he wow. went to high school over there and then went to USC or whatever. And That's why he looks like he's never getting older. Right? Uh, he, doesn't he look like a Boulder guy, though? <laughs> he does look like a Boulder guy, now you say it. <laughs> he's a Boulder guy. Yeah. So it's his homecoming, too, so that's pretty cool. Wow. So really, this is not Denver's house. This is Tony's house. So we should bring Tony house. some like super like environmental-friendly sandwich from Boulder that gives back to the environment. He can dig in while watching the game. Oh, Fill at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to be here. I, does he travel for the games? I, I think he does. I'm sure he does. Yeah. I've, I've been wondering that myself. Are we going to, am I going to run into like, I don't know, like AJ Boye at Starbucks tonight? That'd be pretty Are cool. Are they here yet? They're, well, I, I think this, they get we're here We're recording Saturday. this on Thursday night. So. Yeah, it's Thursday night. So I heard they're getting here on Saturday. Okay. Something about um, if you stay in the altitude just for like 24 hours, it doesn't hit you until like after the 24 hours. So oh. if you want to get there like last second. Your red blood cell count or whatever. Yeah. So. Which most people would think, hey, get there early and try to adjust yeah. to it. But I think it's, it's actually the opposite. It's the opposite. No, that's weird. I'd never heard of that. But I, someone was talking about it. I heard it this week. I was like, that's very interesting. Never heard of that. Huh? Wow. Yeah. But um, speaking of Denver, you know, we are here in Denver, in the Denver area recording. And guess what? We are going to the game on Sunday. And yes, I we are. And I can't wait. <laughs> How are you feeling? Um, I'm feeling good. You know why? Why? I'm going to be... Uh, a few thousand feet lower than you at that yeah. game. Oh my gosh. Yeah, bro. Really uh, buy, buy your tickets used uh, or resold, as they say. Um, I am lower level, but I'm in by myself in a Yannick Ngakwe jersey in all black in the sun. So see what's oh. up. Thanks. Well, <laughs> there it is, guys. I am watching the game from the 500s. Woo! But a steep one i will be there yeah you've been in that stadium right yes and it's crazy i actually we're gonna touch on that a little bit later about what it's like to play in that stadium for sure because it is tough it's not i mean i've never been to a jaguars game in jacksonville Mm -hmm. but based on what i'm seeing on tv the stands are empty and it is not people you know they're swimming in like pools and shit like they're watching tv screens they're doing everything but watching the football game eating green hot dogs or whatever (laughs) Yeah, the Mile High Stadium, which whatever sponsor's name it is this year, 
and power field. <laughs> and power field. And power field. Um, is, it's, a, it's a steep one. And actually at the CU uh, Col- versus Colorado State game Rocky last Mountain year, they do, their open, they do their opening uh, Rocky Mountain Showdown game there. I saw a student um, fall, not one of my students, but fall uh, five or six rows. Uh, just Ouch. lots of balance. Yeah. There's that. Uh, that's fun. Hopefully that doesn't happen to me or you. If you need someone Sunday. to talk to, man, I'll be down there. <laughs> really down. Stumble all the way down to your section. Yeah. All right. So now that that's done, let's get to Thursday night football. Let's let's talk about beating the Titans. Mm. We beat the Titans. Thank God. So yes, we already talked about we already beat the Titans. You know, one and zero. We have them. I think we have them at the end of the year next. Something so it's like that. It's a little that. while. It's a little while. Thank God. So last week I talked about containing Derrick Henry because he shreds us every time. And what happened? contained him and we tackled well yeah group tackling it was very important because do you remember that run last year i was scared this year because you know there's this whole argument that we didn't really play our starters during the preseason and one of the ways that we suffered the most is that you know just getting back into football gear and executing on those tackles yeah and we saw that event because the chiefs um <laughs> i think we're blowing coverage we didn't get the chance to try to tackle a lot of those. oh my goodness yeah it was just... <laughs> and then texans it you know wasn't amazing right and you still have these jitters you're wondering are we going to be able to contain a player like derrick henry and thank god there were no 99 yard runs yeah no no real big runs for them mm-hmm. as i don't remember mm, yeah i don't even remember if he even had like a 10 10 yard run derrick henry I, I don't have the stats up right now, but yeah. I know he did not play very well. I was actually playing him in fantasy last week. Woo. I was playing him and Fournette. Yeah, conflict of interest, man. Yeah, I know. And I was like, oh, God. Terrible. But here's one thing that I think really won us the game. They always talk about in football, you have to win the battle up front. Offensive line, defensive line. Hmm. And we completely dominated. How many sacks do we have? 15, 16, sacks. oh, <laughs> yeah, nine. 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 We had nine sacks. Yeah, enough to qualify as Saxonville. Uh, to get our I think name it's back. It's like seven plus is like a Saxonville worthy performance. Yeah. I think they can change their Twitter name back to Saxonville. I think that's allowed now after nine sacks. <laughs> I believe we're second in the league now in sacks Love because it. of that one game. Love it. And really, everyone got involved. I know Calais had maybe Dude, three. Calais had three sacks. Uh, Smoot, Dwayne Smoot, Smoot, Smoot was so two good. sacks. He was really good. Freaking someone we're going to hear from later on in the show. Uh, Taven Bryan. Taven. Recorded his first sack of the year. Oh, yeah, is, is, right? is Taven coming on yeah, the show? He's coming on the show oh, later. That's right. And I think uh, freaking everybody got a sack. Doug Marone had a sack. Shad Khan had a sack. <laughs> Literally was, everyone has. They even credited Yannick with one. So he got his first sack. And a little tag Yannick. after Mariota fell on his own feet. Yeah, <laughs> that's a sack. That counts. <laughs> and you know, I was actually dogging on Calais last week too, saying, you know, he was just one step too slow, just diving, missing tackles. And then actually a friend even told me, he's like, oh, you talked a lot shit about Calais. And. He had a monster I think, I think game. it fueled him. Yeah. I think I think he was listening. And, I can't believe and he was listening. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna. He's like, this I'm gonna take wrong. that slow step and I'm gonna step into <laughs> AFC Defensive Player of the Week. Very surprising. I I was I was impressed. So that cool. was that was Loved wrong. It. That was bad. What else we got from the game? Um, Gardner Minshew. Should we start talking about Gardner Minshew? Because I mean, once we start, <laughs> yeah. we might not stop, right? Yeah, I feel like so trendy talking about Minshew. <laughs> like I'm a total tool now. I know. Everybody's talking about Minshew. Everyone is. I My feel students like- in Boulder. All right, one, one guy's writing a paper on the evolution of hairstyles. And I kid you not, Gardner Minshew was brought up in conversation. He's a national story now. <laughs> when are Jaguars national stories? Never. <laughs> but now Gardner and Jalen, they're kind of holding it down for us nationally. Yeah. Thank God. So what are your thoughts? Um, one thing that's like really got me going, I said this last week about DJ Chark. 
the Minshew chart connection, it's I think it's real. It's solid. It's mature. Isn't it? Yeah. He trusts him too. You can tell, like I remember the play when he threw the touchdown. I even you can't see everything on TV. I was like, he has one on one. And I feel like Gardner's just gonna snap it and just give him a chance. And I love that about Gardner. He gives his receivers chances. And Blake, I always have to bring up Blake. He never did that. He couldn't even throw a good <sighs> deep ball or an accurate ball. But against sideline, Gardner can throw that ball. That one on one ball. Yeah. Very accurate. Yeah. And he had a beauty to Didi. Too, which um, we can talk about that too. You know, Didi kind of struggled. Yeah, going down the roster, um, you know, several names stand out from from this last week's game. You've already mentioned Calais Campbell. Uh, you know, good old, good times, right? One for that good old Saxonville nostalgia. I think everybody's feeling good about the defensive uh, front up there. Regarding Didi Westbrook, this is a player that really emerged last year as a playmaker. Um, even when Keelan Cold, sort of the previous year's playmaker, took uh, went to kind of a slump, hmm. Didi was solid last year. He was. Um, I put him up there. I think not everybody's cool with this, but TJ Yeldon, I think, had a pretty solid year despite a lot of hardship for us last year. And Didi was one of those guys that, you know, hey, if there's something you want to hunker down and put some hope into, Didi's one of those players. To see those three drops, and I don't want to call them all pure drops. I think some of them, there may have been rain was a condition. Some of them right. were, were defended as well. Um, but still, to see those three drops, I got some Keelan Cole letdown flashbacks. Didn't man. you? Yeah. Me too, because Keelan, I was like, right when he started kind of going off, I was like, kid can play. Yeah. I remember the Seattle game is when it first broke out to me a couple yeah. years ago when yeah. right out of halftime he caught a deep ball. I was mm-hmm. like, he can play. And then week two last year, the Patriots catch, you know, the one-handed catch. Oh, I was we're like, talking OBJ level. I had highlights. never seen anything like that in my life. Yeah. And I was like, I'm telling you, I told all my friends, I was like, this guy can play. And then yeah. the rest of the then year. you lost your fantasy group. <laughs> <laughs> and now no one believes anything yeah. I say, basically. <laughs> But I think DJ Chark is like one of those bright spots, though, for sure. Because yeah. people, I I watched a lot of his highlights when he got drafted because I didn't know much about him. Yeah. And I was like, he's big, tall, fast. Hey, shout out to all the other Jaguars podcasts out there, right? So all these guys, um, AJP, No Jags podcasts, we've got Locked on Jaguars, Hot Duval Takes, uh, even the Jaguars official network. I feel like everybody, when they were discussing who's going to be our top receivers for this year, that they, they kind of kept with Marquise Lee because he's the veteran. Veteran, 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 oh. veteran, 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 veteran. It was always, you know, by default, Marquise is going to be our number one receiver, right? And then they kind of, you know, shuffled around on the next two or three. Didi often surfaced as a top uh, receiver, um, but Didi's got more of the slot receiver kind of form, right? So I was always confused. Like, what do you, you think Didi, just because he had like some impressive catches last year, is going to emerge as a, a number one, going to go against the biggest cornerbacks in the league? Then we've got Chris Conley, right? Chris Conley, impressive personality. He's um, been solid. Good technique, and he's been great. But I think DJ Chark was the one that, you know, yeah, people said he's got promise. He'll he'll surface as something this year. Right. But I don't know if anybody merged him to skyrocket to the number one receiver on the team is he would you consider him the number one of course number one target um in terms of like size and everything as well and ability i think sky's the limit at the moment i think he's yeah you have you noticed that john d flippa you can tell a lot of the plays (laughs) are run towards dd like they're literally still they're still designed end around screens stuff like that you know they try they try to set dd up for yeah. success. Although Didi didn't set himself up for successes last week. So the ball that Gardner threw to him in the end zone. 
And, and the national narrative about Gardner after this last game, you know, and they got all hyped up. And I think Thursday Night Football was kind of lucky. The Jaguars, I mean, fortunate the Jaguars won because it was a really entertaining post-game show with Gardner and his dad great. and cousins and everybody whipping out their mustaches and everything. Um, but yeah, to go back to, uh, to the receiving, uh, Gardner actually deserved three or four touchdowns. He did. And, and when people said, oh, he came in and had this like lightning game with two touchdowns early on in the game. I'm like, man, this guy actually deserved to have even a stronger narrative. I think he, DD owed him a third touchdown. A I think they, they even got close later on in the game. This like fourth down. Uh, the fourth, it was like it was like an out out kind of corner out yeah, to DD, yeah, but yeah, it, yeah. it wasn't executed correctly. Yeah. But you know, that's a perfect segue into what sure. I was going to talk about next. Was yeah. how about the play calling? It's changed so much from Nathaniel yeah. Hackett to John D. Football. Like yeah. we're aggressive yeah. play calling. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because I mean, a lot of some a lot of people commenting last year said that when Nathaniel Hackett was fired, and Bortles was still kind of on that bubble of starting and being benched for Cody and coming back and everything, that uh, we fired the wrong guy. No. <laughs> like Nathaniel Hackett had actually done an impressive job with the tools that he had. And, um, of course, we everyone says you know, the 2017 season, look what we accomplished. But how do you feel the difference has been so far? It's kind of night and day to me. I get the whole Nathaniel Hackett thing, and obviously it. it the coordinator and Blake Bortles, it's not one or the other's fault. It's, it was both of them, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't blame him either one of them. But John DeFilippo, you knew coming in he was going to be an aggressive play caller because mm-hmm. he was under Doug Peterson. And we know Doug Peterson is the most aggressive play caller in the league. Yep. For sure. Mm. Fourth downs, going for it. Points, mm. we want them. Mm. That's why that fourth down that we went for, I didn't like it. But mm. I liked it at the same time. I was like, okay, we're playing football now. I was reminded immediately of the two-point conversion attempt with the Texans. Um, I felt better about that one. We were watching that together. Right. I think both of us, man, we had some nerves going. Uh, we were easily <laughs> the most energetic and um, probably uh, uh, violently liable people in the bar at that time, running around, high-fiving those Jaguars Very true. the doorway and everything. But, um, you know, I don't feel bad about that two-point conversion. I think, you know, Gardner explained it really well, that they had the momentum going with them and and you know we just we just inches away, right? Inches yeah. away is still pretty close. These fourth down <laughs> attempts, though, how did you feel about those? Do you think that kind of aggressive style was productive, or do you, would you like to see a change? I like it. Just maybe I like it just because I'm so used to such a pa- such passive play calling. So maybe I do like aggressive play calling, right? Yeah. You you have because before it was just first down, second down. You run. Oh, yeah. Third down, obvious pass. Desperate pass. A desperate pass, exactly. And now we were coming out on first down and throwing the ball. And I think that's so important. Pete Prisco talks about this all the time. Throw the ball on first down because you confuse the defense for one. And you just need the aggressive play calling. If it's predictable, it's not going to work. For sure. So that's definitely uh, one thing I've I've liked. And I've also liked uh, uh, Todd Walsh's game. Todd Walsh's game. Game plan. Last week. Ooh, because I've heard a lot of criticism on Wash recently. Have you, yeah, of course, after the Chiefs game. Eh, Texans game was good, but I like the blitzing. We did a lot of blitzing okay. on Thursday night, yeah. which I liked. We were bringing extra rushers because, obviously, we're saying, Mariota, throw the ball. Mm-hmm. We have one-on-one on the outside. Our corners are better than your receivers. But that won't be the case every week, mm-hmm. of course, because their quarterback, not good, mm. in my opinion. Mariota, not good. Their receivers, very average, maybe even below average. So I did like all the blitzing, and i like to see that again. That's great. Um, back to offense, though. We have to talk about Fournette before we hop, hop off oh, this game. Oh, man. I mean, I was watching that game, seeing all these positives, and then every time I was reminded of that literal negative. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> that Fournette had rushed for like negative eight yards by the fourth quarter. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. What's your take on it? Everyone, so Jaguars people, you know, Jaguars media and stuff, everyone's talking about the O-line Yeah. in the run game. Kind of a shift of blame, right? Like a, right. intentionally saying offensive line. Right. So is it the O-line? And then you watch back and you're like, okay, I, I get where the O-line was kind of bad here. Yeah. But, you know, it's like I said about the other topic we were talking about. It's both people, both parties, you know. Negative line. Sorry, negative. Sorry, my bad. Negative rushing can hint at, yeah, offensive line really not functioning in that rushing attempt, right? Because they're right. supposed to be pushing forward, getting the defensive line um, out of the way, creating holes according to the to the layout of the play. And for it to be tackled with negative yardage means something really went wrong that, that ideal, I mean, theoretically is outside of uh, Leonard Fournette's responsibility. Right, exactly. Yeah. But it's just weird to blame it on the O-line because in pass protection, yeah, Gardner didn't get sacked. Yeah, that was an important point made on some other media. I think Hot Duval takes was talking about that as well. Where they talk about that, really. Yeah. yeah, I mean, pass protection looked amazing. It looks when good. you're asked to just you know push forward and create your gaps, it, it something fell apart. It's a different story. Yeah, I, I had this moment. I saw Fournette after like you know rush attempt number eighteen or whatever that went negative or almost no yards. It, the guy was emotional. I mean, I'm, I'm imagining like a hello darkness, my old friend. Just kind of <laughs> looking out into the glare of the lights and everything. And this guy was almost tearing up. And not ironically was uh, was was that sixty nine yard burst of speed that he had afterwards. How right. do you think? What do you think about that that run? And how does that, that was does that run. correct some of the narrative about Fournette? How are you feeling about that one? That that run reminded me of MJD a little bit. Definitely, yeah. just kind of bouncing off people. Uh, and early then, Fred, boom. early early Maurice. Yeah, that was a great run, and I mean it did make you know the stats look a lot better. Mm. So that's definitely good. One thing that everyone's talking about is playing another running back. But instead of talking about playing two running backs, I want to talk about, mm. like, last year, Yeldon and Corey Grant, the last couple of years, yeah. they were big. Yeah, they were right? Yeah, and they're specialists, right? Right. Yeldon, I think, had really good versatility, yep. good receiver on the edge. and then, Great uh, pass catcher. Grant was this, like, Olympic speedster that could just surprise you with these breakaway plays. Yeah, just a change of speed kind of yeah. running back. Smaller running back. But, Where, I yeah. think he's not playing for a team. Right now, Corey Grant. I don't know. Kind of I don't know. He's playing on my Madden team, but that, I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeldon is in Buffalo right now, but mm-hmm. he's like the third guy there. Yeah, it's so weird how running backs are stacked like that. You know, our, our situation with Leonard Fournette, um, and then, of course, I think the elephant in the room is uh, is Q, Mr. Raquel Armstead, right. who did great in the preseason, mm-hmm. reminds me of the situation in Dallas right now, where you have Ezekiel Tony Elliott, who, yeah, who held out for uh, the entire preseason, comes last minute. Uh, I was gonna be dramatic and say came last minute on his flight from Cabo, but I think he came back from Cabo a week or two before right, that, and then, and then rejoined the team last minute. Um, and yeah, Tony Pollard throughout the preseason looked was fantastic, so good. probably better than than Armstead, right? Yeah. And so now you've got a situation there where you kind of have to, you know, play up to your big salaried proven guy in Ezekiel Elliott. Um, but at what point do you give Pollard more reps? And it reminds me of our situation here with Fournette and, Ar- and Armstead. I, I'm a little. I think I would vote more Armstead reps just by default. I mean, I want to see him getting a chance throughout the game. You have to try, right? You got to try, especially like a game like last game. Come on, yeah. When you're struggling, yeah, this like is that. the con- this is the this is the critique of of Wash is uh, sorry not of of our actually it is a critique of Wash on the defensive side um, of of our various coordinators throughout the year. Sometimes <laughs> is that hey, you got some tools, you got to be you got to be using them. And sometimes I think as Jaguars fans, you might get a little disheartened that we're trying the same thing over and over again and that that situation running on thursday night really reminded me of that that was actually like 
probably like the only like negative thing I can actually like think of that happened on Thursday. Like you're watching Fortnite just carry it yeah. over and over. And you're it, like, it sucked. Oh, it sucked. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was so bad. How do you, I don't know. How are you feeling about Leonard though himself? I mean, I'm sure he's not feeling as confident and I wouldn't be. Yeah. But I mean, this is a guy who's probably, probably been great his whole life. So, you know, it's a little hiccup, but. Like, I mean, so still we got still we don't know right how he's gonna really bounce back. No, we have to see. I think the Denver game is will be a big indica- indication. True, and I do not think their run defense is very good. If well, I remember, I know this, last this year, year wasn't good. Yeah, I think that's one of the points of Denver, and we'll talk about this later when we get into the game. Looking right. ahead, but you know, hey, there's a lot of parity in the NFL. Even teams that have a bad X or a bad Y, right? They can still show you up. Of course, so, any given Sunday. Yeah, always. All right, let's move off Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. We won. We need to talk about a game that we're hopefully going to win, mm. but we'll also get to that later. Let's do a half empty, half full. Oh, Second half week. empty, half full. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't actually music we inserted. That was just his, his voice. Pretty it's, good, it's huh? It's an original. <laughs> um, one positive we got to take in is Minshew's progress, right? Yeah. I mean, every week he's surprising <laughs> us, yeah? Yeah, and you know what? He seems to be built to handle this pressure. You know, I was, I was hearing some stuff today that he's, you know, been advised to and doing a good job at staying out of, staying off his own personal media, but he's been participating in quite a few interviews and, and talks around the nation. So, you know, can't deny it. He's a popular guy. And that'll take us to half empty, kind of a negative. Um, Ooh, yeah. The, is the Gardner hype too much mm. for you? Because to me, it kind of is too much. I just... I don't want it to become too much of a thing. Like people hate using distractions, but it's not a distraction, but mm. let's slow our roll. It's been two and a half games. Yeah. It's a long season. Oh yeah. To be a, a good quarterback in the NFL, you had to put seasons together, games for sure. seasons together. People don't just say you're great after three games, four games, or even one season. Yeah. People will be like, Oh, one season, do it again. You know? So yeah. I think we need to slow down a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you um, in the sense that like it might be kind of risky to be all hyped up, and we definitely have seen counter cases. And the one guy, I don't know why the hell they're bringing him up, is Tim Tebow. Maybe did they, he wear number 15, too? Yeah. That's probably did. the only reason why. Maybe because they're playing the Broncos soon, too, so it triggers some subconscious memory. I haven't heard that, though. But, I haven't heard the but, Tebow thing. Oh, man, I've heard it a couple times. And Tim Tebow was, you know, I think kind of like RG3, like Robert Griffin third as well. Um, same, same, similar time, similar, similar uh, draft class, maybe. But uh, wow, so much hype, and then you just set yourself up for disappointment when teams are able to adjust to the player's style and future games. You know, another guy we're watching this season who's doing well so far is Lamar Jackson, who might I was scared would suffer the same fate. So for Minshew, okay, we've got 257 yards a game throwing right now. Not um, bad. Five touchdowns, one interception, um, and it wasn't his fault. Wasn't his fault. He deserved to have an interception. That first game. Yes. Um, almost picked off near the end zone. Uh, but otherwise, the, you know, the, the passer rating's great. The stats are, are phenomenal. I, I don't think it's unjustified, the hype. But I'm looking at it from the psychological perspective. I would agree. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too, too excited that a player can have all that weight put on them, um, even though I'm tempted to be super excited as a Jaguars fan that, once again, the Jaguars are cool. Exactly. They're talking about us. So do you think a lot of this is because he was drafted in the sixth round and not people like people didn't know about him opposed to like if he was drafted, you know, one, two, 
even in the first round and he was expected to be that guy you think the hype would be as big because i don't oh i mean yeah hell no Right. And this is, you know, we all have we have this kind of like Brady complex every time any quarterback after the third round like completes freaking three passes in a row. Right. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> it's the next Tom Brady. I mean, and, and you know what? There's Minshew hype. There's also Daniel Jones hype. He looks okay. Yeah. And there's also uh, what was the who's, the who's the quarterback that came in to like save the Jets this last? I mean, not save them, but Folk. Luke Falk. He Falk. was he was, a, he was a Washington State quarterback before Minshew. Yeah. Also drafted what was it, like one number one eighty nine in his class. Same as he was Brady. drafted very late. I was yeah. a fan of him in college actually. So, so I don't mean. I think in terms of quarterback caliber and potential, I think Gardner is just kind of fitting this story people like to spin about. Oh, if you're a late round quarterback, you're next Brady. What I do, what I do like and don't really mind is this gung ho Gardner Minshew. You know, what would I do for football? It's about damn near anything. <laughs> that mentality combined with his fantastic wardrobe. That's like off-the-field-ish personality stuff that, hey, you want to make a cult hero out of this person? Go ahead. Please do. I I love it. He's he's what America needed. And it's just good because it puts the Jaguars in light, which is nice to see once in a while. And he can can deal with some of these, like, you know, this bit of attention. I listened to the the Part of My Take podcast where he was interviewed and talked about the story where he he took a hammer to his hand as as a red shirt. Uh, at East Carolina, trying to get some some additional time to play in, uh, in future years, he said he what was it he he's if he had if he had hit his left hand, he think he could feasibly play through it so they wouldn't make him a medical redshirt. So he intentionally you know down the whiskey and took a hammer to his right hand and wasn't able to successfully break it. And one of the hosts of the podcast said, "Oh well, <laughs> that's proof that you do have an arm strength issue." <laughs> like took it in stride it was a great interview if you are listening go listen to the uh, part of my take it was last week i believe they did it and they did it they recorded before the titans game they predicted a win they predicted a win and guess what we got the win all right let's shift to a negative um let's talk about Foles. the whole Foles Minshew thing i know i don't even want to talk about like when (sighs) Foles comes back but like how do you feel oh man um wow here i'm i'm wondering are we at a drew bledsoe tom is it drew bledsoe tom brady then it was like drew bledsoe tony romo poor drew right yeah (laughs) and then speaking of tony romo tony romo dak prescott um i'm not saying that falls by any means at the end of his career but i'm talking in terms of like how the season's going and his career with the jaguars i think i think most people are are in agreement here if if Minshew strings together a winning record, used to be if he can win, oh, they magically win like you know eight, uh, you know, six games or something. Right. While it pulls up. If he can have a positive record, he has shown enough wherewithal while playing, knowledge of the playbook, um, confidence, uh, a lack of being you know freaked out and panicky, which has been one of the Jaguars' problems at quarterback over the last few years. Yo, yeah, that I I don't. I don't think it's going to even be a question to bring in and start Foles. I think it'll be this funny narrative where we say, oh, look, the same thing happened with Foles with the Eagles the last couple of years, and look how DP took him in the playoffs, which is the Super Bowl, for example. Right. And ha, 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 poetic justice, oh, whatever, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, <laughs> that's where I am. I think Gardner kind of energizes the locker room, too. They're seeing all this stuff. It's like, damn. Look at this guy. He's just stunting on everyone. He performs yeah. on the field, off the field. He's everywhere, you know? He, I think guys can rally around him. Yeah. Which is cool. and, and that was one of the first things that Kansas City game. He trots out and starts playing. And I, you know, my one of my first worries was, yeah, okay, is he going to have the confidence to lead 
and we, I was really excited that Nick, Nick definitely has that. Nick has that, that leadership, um, uh, that personality. He's got, he's got people drinking coffee that weren't drinking coffee before. He's selling <laughs> that butter coffee like there's no tomorrow, right? Um, and then Minshew, uh, as we all know, has, has turned around uh, that narrative of charisma. I mean, he's got, he's got great leadership. He's a funny guy. He's not rubbing anyone the wrong way. Another worry, right? Is he too eccentric? Right. Is he too... He's so likable. Like suicidal hippie or something. <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. But, um, but yeah, no, he's really, really likable and really seems to be a really encouraging character. For sure. All right. So that's it for half empty, half full. Got some good stuff there, even though we kind of just talked about Gardner the whole time. Just call it the Gardner segment, really, mm-hmm. from now on. So let's talk about Sunday. It's oh, yeah. the next game, you know? Yeah. So you win one game, and I don't want people to get too ahead of themselves because, you know, one game doesn't mean anything right now. Yeah. You got to move on. Now we got to go beat Denver. And this is a tough place to play. Why? The fans are rowdy. The stadium's always full. It's loud as shit in there. Um, and something, I think they have like the little like metal bleachers. Have you heard about that? So people start stomping it's and disgusting. it's just, have you ever yeah. watched a Broncos game on TV? The camera's just shaking Yeah, because it, it, they get nuts, but it's going to be tough. And the altitude thing, like we talked about, I mean, man, I don't know, dude, I, I, I've been, you know, I've been doing my PhD in Boulder the last year. Uh, I'm, I'm a filmmaker by trade, take a few Physics classes, a little bit of astrophysics on the side, because Boulder's known for that stuff. You've got the engineering, aerospace engineering, space exploration, all that kind of stuff. This Mile High Stadium, in terms of physics, in terms of distance from the Earth's <laughs> gravitational field, it's pretty up there. And the way they built it, like I mentioned, that student falling a few rows at the right. the uh, CU uh, CSU game. It's a it's a steep place with all kinds of stuff going on. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't doubt it's probably a nightmare to play in as a visiting team. It, it really has to be just, you know, going to a game at that stadium. I was like, I did not think it would be this loud in here. It is so loud. And that affects, you know, a young quarterback hearing. Yeah. Right. I I mean, I went to, you know, I saw the Jaguars play at the Redskins. I have not been to a Jaguars game in Jacksonville since I was a kid. Okay. Um, and I went to Jaguars Redskins and I think 2014. A game that the Jaguars lost in, in pretty bad fashion. And I, I was scared shitless in that stadium. These people were singing all these like <laughs> like tribalistic, violent... Hail to the Redskins <laughs> oh kind of God. thing. Hail yeah. to the Redskins. <laughs> you know, like, and, uh, uh, you know, you, I, I definitely got a sense there more so than... I've seen the Jaguars play at the Cowboys Stadium this last year. I think um, uh, there are some stadiums that have that really hostile environment. You wouldn't want to shake up someone like your rookie quarterback, and, and hopefully Garner's going to be able to tolerate it pretty well. And Ignore it, I guess. Another thing is, this is what worries me about Gardner. Yeah. So we, everyone knows this. The Broncos have zero sacks on the year. Zero. Yeah, scrolling through the stat category. Uh, yeah, no turnovers. No turnovers, turnovers. And no sacks. How do you win a game? You can't win a game without sacks or turnovers, really. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, you know? Yeah, I always talk about the turnover battle. If you win the turnover margin, like even throughout a season, you have a way better chance of making the postseason. So, and I have you seen like what the Broncos players have been saying? They have that yeah. chip on their shoulder right now. Oh, so they want to they want to spin does. it around, right? They want to say, "Hey, we are the Los Von Milleres that you guys thought we were." And Vaughn is a monster, dude. Insane. The dude won a Super Bowl by himself, is what I say. Dude's insane. So you got to believe that him and Chubb, Chubb was saying, you mm-hmm. know, don't 
you know, if you're hating on us now, don't come back later is basically what he said, you mm-hmm. know? He's like, we're going to be back. So you got to be a little worried. Yeah, uh, I think so. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what, how you'd classify this one. It's not a trap game because we're not like looking forward to like the Panthers or anything. No, um, but it's definitely like, a, you know, I think I think the coaching staff um, with the players this week have to be enforcing this idea that like, hey, ignore the ignore the stats. This is an NFL caliber team. They've they've had Pro Bowl, Pro Bowl caliber talent on the defensive end of the football in the last you know several years. Uh, you go into this game expecting anything easy, you will, you'll lose. You really will. And they've been playing teams close. They haven't been getting blown out. They've, mm-hmm. It's been little mistakes, one or two plays, flip around. Like the Bears game, mm. they should have won that game. Did you catch that? Because they had the similar two-point yeah. conversion thing. Yeah. And then they let Allen Robinson, A-Rob, catch one uh, over the middle, and then they kicked the field goal and won. They should have won that game. Mm. You know, So like they could have beat the Packers too. You know, They played well. So it'll definitely be interesting. For sure. You know, looking forward to that. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Denver Radio. Since we're here, you know, locally, <laughs> yeah. I've been listening to all the we Denver can Radio. Yeah. Yeah, FM connection. I hear everything now <laughs> that Denver's been saying. Advantage, right? I'm living here. Play the Jaguars, now I hear all the news. I know. But they're very high on Gardner, too. There was a, so you know, remember those Dos Equis They're high on everything, man. <laughs> Literally. It's a, it's a Colorado reference right there. Dos Equis, let's hear it. Dos Equis. Um, do you know those those Dosecki's commercials? The most most interesting, most interesting man. man in the world. They made like a little spin off of that with, with Gardner. Do you remember what they did? It was like I don't remember exactly how they go, but if you listen to the radio, like turn it on, they've been playing it over and over and over. Like he's the most interesting man in the world, and it's about Gardner Minshew. He wins the heart of a nation in just a jockstrap. Isn't that yeah. funny? Yeah. So they do mention the jockstrap thing in it, and then they mention the mustache and stuff. And so they've been talking a lot about Gardner. They actually had Mike Leach on too today. On oh, fantastic. The local show. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. So they're even buying into the Gardner hype. It seems like, what the hell is going on? All the Chuck Norris jokes. There's also the comparison to Uncle Rico and Napoleon I, Did you Dino. see the picture today? Yeah, <laughs> it was the, hilarious. The actor showed up. The Was this Bob Grease or something? Or what's his name? Right. He, Joe, yeah, he did show up. Joe. So they're definitely in Jacksonville because that picture was taken today. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a hilarious picture, by the Amazing. way. Amazing. I loved it. Yeah. Loved it. Jo- John Grease. John Grease. John Grease. There it is. All right. So let's shift to this. Some keys to the game. What do you think? Well, I mean, you know, we just talked about the defense on the Broncos side. Um, I'm curious about the offense right now. Um, I want to hear kind of your thoughts on how we should address uh, Flacco at quarterback. Um, you said also the, the idea that uh, a special drafty Drew Locke might come in at some point. Do you think this is a reality? But Drew Locke can't. He's uh, on, so, he, so Drew Locke is on IR. I had no idea. Right. So well, the, Here I am in Denver. Right. One ignorant. of the other... Um, other podcasts um, was talking about that. Like, oh, we wouldn't be surprised to see Drew Locke. I was like, mm-mm. He's not playing. Oh. He's on wow. IR. And their backup is Brandon Allen. Oh, God. The guy we drafted from Arkansas yeah. a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not very good. Okay, so, so Drew Locke isn't even eligible. He's not. So no way Flacco. Flacco plays the whole game, no matter what. Wow. I mean, unless he obviously gets injured, right? Unless he gets hurt. Then it would be Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen comes in. But other Drew Locke wouldn't be eligible then. Timber to Nick, he probably can't come in until like midseason. Yeah. Depending. Do you know what his injury is? I think it's a hand. Okay. But I'm not positive. Okay. So it sounds like probably a midseason. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so later. So they can't just, you know, go to the let's try Drew Locke out. Because, okay. you know, they are 0 3, so you would think oh that. Oh my like, god. I was just I was just assuming here that they had this whole 
um, lock possibility brewing. Right? Nope. I'm used to it. Half the league has put in their backup, backup rookie quarterback. Kyle Allen came in for <laughs> Cam Newton and stuff. Yeah, so no Drew Lock. So Ooh. it's going to be Flacco. Okay. okay. Their receivers are kind of interesting. You know, E. Sanders. Yeah. He's very talented. He's a, he's a great playmaker. Yeah. And no Jalen. So it'll probably be him and AJ. Jalen's up for against sure. Out. No. But, I mean, he's in Nashville. Yeah, he's having a baby. Well, we the, don't know what the hell is going on with Jalen, so I doubt he will be there. I love Gary Streisky's Snapchat version of ESPN Sports Center. Like they lose the cover image was a photoshopped image of Jalen uh, pregnant, and um, and I, I applaud them for their uh, you know uh, fighting the gender norms. But it was pretty funny <laughs> when they said Jalen Jalen calls in sick on Monday with flu-like symptoms, has back pain on Tuesday, and on Wednesday is traveling to Tennessee for the birth of his second child. Must be pregnant. Jalen's pregnant. He had the morning sickness. All the signs, dude. <laughs> I know. Oh, I man. Know. Okay, so we've got... So then that means, you know, Boye gets moved up to CB1. Right. Trey um, Herndon's two. Two, and then DJ Hayden will still Hayden play nickel. still plays the nickel. Okay. Right. So yeah. they're definitely going to stick with that. And they have Cortland Sutton on the other side, who's yeah pretty good wide receiver. You ever mm. know much about him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's pretty good. So we'll see. Um, they were just talking about it on the Denver radio. They, they're expecting big days. From Cortland Sutton and E. Sanders, which it could give us some problems, but their O line, you've heard the whole Garrett Bolsing, right? Mm-hmm. A dude holds every fucking play, mm-hmm. literally every play. Mm-hmm. So our D line, our pass rushers should have a field day. I think I think Ngakwe will be on that side, and it's gonna be a long day for Garrett Bolsing. It sounds like with uh, the Flacco <clears throat> as the really the only quarterback possibility now. Yeah, that, it's only Flacco. That we, we got to blitz heavy. You have and to. And get into Flacco's mind. As a, as a not traditionally mobile quarterback, this is definitely something that we... I agree. I definitely agree. And I think, again, we had to win up front, especially against them. Weak yeah. O-line. And they on defense, mm-hmm. the Broncos, you know, they have great pass rushers. So our offensive line definitely has to hold. The mm-hmm. run blocking, I'm not as much concerned about, but I just do not want to see Gardner come out on his first series and mm-hmm. von miller gets a strip sack what he's known for yeah and bang they got the first sack bang they got Momentum. their first turnover yeah bang they, they score and we are not a good team from this team has not been built to play from behind yeah. for years and we all know that so yeah looking at the broncos numbers offensively though i mean i guess they just really haven't got anything going we're really just afraid of a, a sort of a momentum swing this week right so right that's kind of what you're saying yeah exactly you know, flacco's at under 260 yards a game as a starting you know previously Super Bowl winning quarterback. Right. Uh, two touchdowns, two interceptions. He's been sacked 11 times. Let's see, let's see that number double. <laughs> yeah, right. But um, definitely. Um, another thing I was going to bring up is mm-hmm. the whole cornerback wide receiver matchups are going to be pretty big yeah. this week. Oh, yeah. Both sides. Both sides. Because, you know, they have Chris Harris. Mm-hmm. And I think Chris Harris will kind of be with D.D. Westbrook. I feel like that's a good matchup for him. Hmm. But... You know, they just uh, got Bryce Callahan, and he's hurt, so he won't be playing. And I think he, he was supposed to be, like, one of their starting corners this year. He played nickel in Chicago last year. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, but we'll see what's going on with them. Their secondary is kind of a mess, too. Yeah. I mean, how do you think we match up receiver-wise? Our, our, I mean, our receivers aren't great, but they're playing great this year. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you ask a normal person, they'll be like, yeah, it's an average receiving crew. But they're playing exceptional so far, right? But Denver does have a lot of problems. No sacks, no turnovers. They go on long drives, 
and those long drives don't turn into points. Anybody going three weeks without sacks is going to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Get it? Sacks? Okay. Anyways. Um, no, but definitely. Isn't that weird, though? They have no sacks. Yeah. And they have... Some people would consider Bizarre. Vaughn the best pass rusher I mean, in the NFL. We, we had a sack on Mariota last week that we didn't have to do anything for. Right. We just sat there and waited for Yanni to tag him. I need to see a lot more pressure. That's one thing that just irritates me watching games. I'm like, get some damn pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. And I think that's like the most important thing. You've got to be scared now. I mean, I'm feeling like they, they, they must have a massive chip on their shoulder. Who, Denver? Yeah. I think so yeah. too. What I was going to mention was they're hungrier. They have to be hungrier than us. They... Yeah. Denver winning football culture. They won a Super Bowl. They're not doing a Dolphins rebuild. They're not trying to sell out. Exactly. Exactly. They're here to win. They hired a new coach and John Elway. It's just hold in Denver. They win. They win games. Mm -hmm. They try to win championships. They just won a Super Bowl three, four years ago. So I definitely think they will be the hungrier team. And it's the Jaguars job to slow that down. Counter that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cool. Um, I think that's all I have for the Broncos Jaguars game. Really, you know, talked a little bit about it. What are we gonna do for the game? That's the big question. What are we gonna do for the game? Yeah. Oh. Which which jersey? Let's let's switch jersey. You wear. I see you have a, a recent arrival, fresh from China, oh. a stitched number seven. We forgot to tell Numero the story. Numero siete, huh? <laughs> Nick Foles jersey. So, tell us the story. This is so sad. So. I ordered these jerseys from China or whatever. They're like 20 bucks. They look pretty legit. What do you think, huh? It looks amazing. Yeah. This looks uh, original, as they say. Looks amazing. What does that mean? It means original. Okay. There it is. Okay. That's embarrassing. But so I ordered this Nick Foles jersey three weeks. I think it took four (laughs) weeks to get it. Great timing. You know, a month. And I opened it in the mail. And usually I'm like super excited. I got a jersey and stuff. And I just like look at it. I'm (laughs) like. Should have ordered Beowulf. Dude, and then I was like, you know what? I'm going to go look for Gardner jerseys now because if we win (laughs) against Denver, I am ordering a Minshew jersey. Minshew, too. Because, I mean, it might come in handy for the next few years, hopefully. Yeah, crazy, man. That's that's staying. The full jersey, definitely staying. But I think I'm going to go with the Fournette jersey on Sunday. What about you? You can't go in Ramsey. Right. That's what I want to wear because I love my Ramsey jersey, and he's like my favorite player. But if he's not playing, he's not with the team. Right I, I do want to put it out there for people listening to this podcast. Um, first of all, congratulations for sticking with us into a minute, whatever we are right here. Uh, I hope it's been enjoyable. Secondly, the the connection that Asad feels with Jalen Ramsey is something uh, another level. Um, I love him. Watching him cover DeAndre Hopkins at that Texans game, uh, man, I, I could sense some true love and some true respect. And I cannot imagine what you must be going through emotionally right now as Jalen plays with our heart, hearts and souls. When he plays, that energy gets transferred to me. Yeah. Every time he makes a play, yeah. even when he doesn't even... What coverage, Jalen? <laughs> what he, coverage? Hell yeah. <laughs> when he, even when he barely does anything, they catch a ball, he get, tackles them. Yep. I see you, Jalen. Get him, Jalen. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm all in Guy's a hard worker. He's just... He's a, and my favorite thing is about cornerbacks, a reason I really don't like Marcus Peters is his tackling. Not that great. Jalen is the best tackler, great tackler as a corner. Open field. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. He's so good. So good in pursuit, too. Great player. I love him. But at the end of the day, it's about the Jaguars, and it's about winning the next game, Who's you know, what whatever's ahead. So well, I'm hey, trying to get used to Jalen being gone. Donning that Leonard Fournette jersey on Sunday is kind of a, it's kind of a risky endeavor after we saw last week. But, hey, you know, maybe, maybe this is the little bit of energy he needs. 
So, well, what do you suggest I wear? So I got the Foles jersey. That wouldn't make much sense. Yeah, it okay. would not make any sense. Ramsey. They're like, Foles, who's that? Ramsey. Uh, Ramsey does not make any sense at all and probably uh, would render you uh, a victim of bullying. Okay, I got two more. Allen Robinson. <laughs> that one didn't turn out too well. Wrong number 15, bro. And then, uh, right. I was thinking about, I was like, okay, I'll wear the <laughs> a Robinson and hit the duct tape with the right <laughs> men's shoe. Call it a day. Or Blake. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, see, do you see how I am forced to wear Whoa, the Leonard Fournette jersey? So I keep buying the wrong jerseys, man. Maybe I shouldn't buy men's shoe jersey. A lot of turnover. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay, well, in that case, I think you got to go with Leonard. I think you're giving him some great vibes. I commend you. I have to. At some point, when he, you know, his hello darkness moment last Thursday, he might have one this Sunday. And when he does, he's going to look up to that Rocky Mountain peak that you're sitting on and and be inspired by the 27 on your chest. Yeah, I think he's going to need some binoculars to see all the way up there. (laughs) But I will be wearing his jersey. Maybe we'll see some more Lenny jerseys out there. Hopefully. I should have got a Yannick jersey. What was I thinking? I love Yannick too. Oh, man. What was I thinking? It's good. It's good. Yeah. um, I'm not buying jerseys anymore, actually. So sorry, Gardner. I don't want to ruin it. I don't want to ruin Gardner by buying his jersey. All right. What's next up? Oh, a new segment. Oh, yeah. Cold Takes. It's the Cold Takes. Still, we don't know if that's going to be the name that we go with. But for now, we're going to Cold Takes. It's Cold Takes. All right. So this is like stuff that I've heard this week. Like, It's mostly going to be football stuff that I was just like, huh? What? Are you serious? Number one. What you got? I heard Uh-oh. twice. Uh-oh. One from a good friend and one from this guy who has crazy Broncos takes. Okay, it means it's probably true. Let's trade Von Miller for Jalen Ramsey. Oh, God. First of all. That's like a hot take. <laughs> that's a, right? Oh, wow. It's a hot take, but it was so cold to me because yeah. it makes literally zero sense. How so? How so? You're going to give us some fodder here. Okay. Well, we can all guess. What does Von Miller play? He's a pass rusher, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Edge. Hmm. What have we been drafting and based our whole team around, basically? Good point. Yeah. Great pass rushers. We yeah. literally just drafted Josh Allen. But we I mean, he's gotten some Von Miller comparisons. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, we only talk about like the inside guys, you know, even Taven and Marcel Darius and stuff and Smoot. Yeah. But you have Josh Allen. You just drafted him. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Calais, you know, he'll play on the outside. And Yannick, who you plan to pay. So Josh Allen and Yannick are the guys that they're going to go with. And that would just be dumb. There's really no reason to have Miller come in as like a uh, outside, more traditional outside linebacker. There's no point. It would make zero sense for him Mm -hmm. to come over. And especially that that straight up wouldn't work anyways. Because Jalen... How would he plug in? I just want to ask you theoretically. I mean, we've got... Would he come in in place of like Leon Jacobs or someone, or how how would he line no, up? No, I don't think so. You think it would just be rotation? He'd, he'd be, like yeah. Josh Allen? So yeah, exactly. <laughs> so either yeah, Josh Allen or Yannick, someone's yeah. split in time. Basically, that sounds like it a would waste, literally bro. make no sense. It would yeah. be a waste. Yeah. And Vaughn's older than Jalen. Jalen's Vaughn yeah. is probably. I, one I, of the I got you on the career upside thing, which is yeah. one of the things that people are saying that you know what was it? Uh, initially, Jaguars are asking for two first round picks for Jalen. And then um, we have, I think it was reported by uh, someone on ESPN that the idea is that, okay, maybe they could realistically get a first round pick and a second round pick from a team, as well as a player with some upside, some career upside. So probably right. a younger player um, who, who's got some potential. But tight ends. And we're looking for mostly. things like tight ends that Baltimore Ravens offer, apparently. Right. 
which we don't know if it's true or not. Which but, you don't know. Yeah. So I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Cold take. I got gotcha. you. I got. Gotcha. I'm. A, I got a hoodie right here. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put my hoodie. Yeah. On. It, I don't know. Do, do you think that makes sense, or am I just crazy? I don't think it makes any sense. But nah. nah. That that's pretty dumb. So let me tell you the dumbest thing I've heard. Oh, is this, this an even colder than cold take? This is what's cooler than being cool. I would call this ice wait, cold. What is a cold take compared to a hot take? I guess this is a hot take then. Are these hot takes or cold no? Takes? It's like hot takes that that burned out a long time ago. Okay, so I don't know what this is, yeah. but someone told me Lamar is better than Pat Mahomes. Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is better, better than, than Pat, Pat Mahomes. Mahomes. Okay, again, okay. <laughs> it does feel kind of like a hot take because you got some evidence to prove it right now. But what what's what's your statement? How do you feel? I'm going to switch this to hot takes the yeah. whole segment. Okay, regardless. Yeah. Well, how how does that make sense? Lamar last year, not very good. This year, it's been three games. He played mm. two really crappy teams. Then he played the Chiefs. He played well against Chiefs. But I did see him miss a lot of balls, too. But people always turn back to the flashy plays. And like, oh, look at the flashy plays, you know, that he makes and his playmaking ability, which I understand. But yeah. to say he is better than Pat Mahomes, mm. who's only done it for a year. But this guy, basically, last year was his first year, correct? Yeah. Basically. He had 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Mm. There are lit- probably 95% of quarterbacks go their whole career without that in and, a season. Yeah, and in that sense, he's a game changer. I mean, the, the whole definition of quarterback and what you expect for your offense in terms of uh, passing frequency and overall yards per game, he's one of the f- flag bearers for that change. He yeah. He's the future of the NFL, too, as Brady and Roethlisberger and Breeze and Eli and all these guys, you know, we kind of move off them. It's Pat Mahomes. I was playing pickup basketball last night. Every time someone did kind of a no-look pass, pass, they'd say, oh, are you working on your Mahomes over there? Pat Mahomes, yeah. right? He's like the generational revolutionary player, right? Yeah. Kind of like how Steph Curry was for basketball. For sure. In my, in my opinion. Yeah, we definitely see resemblances physically and <laughs> sports. Uh, light skin crew too, huh? <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I just thought that was just really like, I don't know. I just did not like that because Lamar hasn't proven enough to me yet. Like last year, they yeah. were they were babying him the whole year and babied him through the playoffs. But he's definitely he's good this year, and he's definitely improved. So I'm not taking anything away from Lamar, but to compare him to Pat Mahomes right now, don't like it. Lamar has a lot more questions about the future of his game. I saw a report even the last couple of days that he you know says I'm sick of running or I'm not I don't want to run anymore or whatever. And, and a lot of his success last year coming in for injured Flacco, right? Did he have like a concussion or something? I can't remember what it was. Right, and then he came in once and they're like, okay, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we'll keep him. That Lamar, uh, you know, he stuck through it, but he, again, just, you know, reminded me of all these young mobile quarterbacks, um, you know, probably going back for several years here that, that might have that flashy rookie season, but once teams adjust to them, they don't really have much of a future. Exactly. So I'm, I'm afraid of that with, with Lamar, for sure. I mean, that's where I would probably rest. I do remember, I was at, so I went with my dad. We had this amazing time last year. Uh, it felt like a freaking state fair, man. There were like turkey legs and corn dogs and coffee shops are setting up little espresso tents and everything outside of the AT&T Cowboy Stadium in Dallas, where what was happening? The NFL draft. The NFL draft, right? And we got in that giant space and saw the Jaguars uh, draft someone I had not heard of at the time. Uh, I should have uh, a man by the name of Taven Bryan, who, who we will hear, oh, hear from in a I second. Taven sitting over here. Yeah, waiting. we do have a second. We have a, we have some words from Taven. Um, but I remember the at the very end of that first round, the eruption from Ravens fans drafting Lamar Jackson. 
And it was one of those moments where you felt, whoa, did we just witness a really talented player slip late into the draft for some random ass variable reason, right? Like, I don't know what, I don't know what they would be judging or profiling or whatever with Lamar. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe his, maybe not as much of a pocket passer. I don't know what it is. Right. I don't know what, how his, his, his accuracy, his accuracy, it was just a bunch of just all passing things, you know, and those fans were elated when that name was mentioned at the end of the, at the end of the round. So, you and know, time will tell. I was definitely hurt too, because I mean, I'm not the biggest Lamar Jackson fan, mm. but I will definitely admit that he is improved and he might be the guy there last year. I was like, ugh, I don't know what the hell they're doing. They're just running. But during the draft, I was like, we have to draft Lamar. We have to. We pass. He'd pass fit upon, with us well. He would. Yeah. yeah. We pass up on Deshaun. We pass up on Pat yeah. Mahomes. Don't pass up on one more guy. I got another guy who he reminded me of that I thought we, would gel well with us. Who's that? And I'm going to say, no one's listening, right? Am I free to say what I want to say? Yeah. Colin Kaepernick. Oh, gosh. If we start talking about this, we're going to get going for literally 30 minutes because I have a very... I have a stance on this too. But it also gonna... felt it felt like that with Lamar, right? It felt like the Jaguars front office, you know, at the, at the time they had already they I mean they knew of him when they offered Blake the extension and everything. Right. right? So it's exactly. not like a freaking surprise or whatever, but yeah, that they just weren't interested in trying out that kind of a quarterback, right? Like that that style of play. But I don't know why. Yeah, it just seems like it would fit so well. Wouldn't it? Yeah. And I mean, we've had um our running quarterback, I mean, Brunel was really a running mm-hmm, quarterback. Mm-hmm. Brunel had good legs. David Garrard. David Garrard left which did not. Mm, Leftwich not as much of a mobile passer. Uh, Leftwich was probably the slowest. I think I could backpedal faster than Byron Leftwich. Mm. Seriously, it's because he got hurt. Do you remember in college yeah. he got hurt? They were carrying him down the field. Energy. Yeah, uh, injury. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Opposite, uh, and also uh, Blen uh, Gabert as well. Mr. No, Blen Gabbert. Good God, where is he at right now? He's back in the Is he? Is he? Um, no, no, no. Because they got uh, C.J. Beathard so they and. Nick Mullins. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know where Ooh. he was on the Titans. Maybe oh, no, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah, last year, yeah, yeah, he might not be on a team right now. Cardinals. We need to add a Blaine Gabbert section to this yeah, podcast. For real, <laughs> I miss Blaine. No, I don't. Oh my god, the quarterback thing here has been ah nuts. So it's actually so refreshing to have Gardner here and playing well. So it looks like our our cool takes, um, this, especially this last one, teeters on the edge between cold and hot. Got kind of an icy cold take. Let's call it that. Right. Um, so yeah. yeah. Any other thoughts? No, but um, I actually do want to ask you. We won't even, not even a part of the segment. But sure. if you were to put up a Jaguars Mount Rushmore, who are yeah. the four guys you would choose? Oh, Jaguars and Mount Rushmore. It's four. There's four American presidents. Is there four? Is, Is there right? five? Or five. I don't know. I don't follow. This I think there's four. Patriotism that much. I, I, my, my colors are teal and I'm, gold and black. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's four. Let's go with four. Let's go there's with four. four. There's four. All right. So four. Four. Jags Rushmore, Mount Rushmore, Mount Rush, Rushmore, Rushmore, Rushmore. <laughs> Subliminal messaging there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've got. Don't Rushmore, please. We can have the same I'm gonna people. I'm gonna be controversial because I, I cheated. I heard I heard some. You talked about this a little bit earlier. I'm gonna go with some surprises here. I got Tony Brackens up there. I got Big, Tony Brackens, maybe yeah. one of the best defensive players yeah. to ever be a Jaguar. Okay. I have Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. Perfect. Um, I, contrary to popular belief, I do not have Tony Baselli out there. No. Yeah. I like Tony, but this, I'm just, I don't know. Like this, there's a story that, Hey, he's the best in his position. Da, 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 therefore, um, but I don't consider him, uh, uh, let's say top four Rushmore 
um, worthy. It's not personal. It's just more of a you know symbolism for the for the franchise from my personal taste. In that vein, I have Mark Brunel up there. Do you? That's, yeah. that's who Clay Travis had. He kept mentioning Mark Brunel, and that's someone I don't have. So, and I probably need to go a little bit more modern with uh, with the last pick of the Rushmore. Thinking MJD. Mm-mm. Yeah, when you go defensive side of the ball, um, I I think as if uh, this is not like a top twenty five Jaguars of all time list ever. Right. I think Calais has already earned a spot, man. Do you really and I don't think know so? why I went with two defensive uh, linemen there, but I think I think Calais is is um, I think the way that he embodies the team and the way that he carries himself and encourages people and, and backs leader. up for this game. If he can produce like this for even just another couple, couple years, years, he's gonna be in that. Lifetime Jaguars, you know, pride of the Jaguars conversation. I, I think he will too, even though like he didn't spend much time here. But yeah. Yeah. But the time he spent has been like solid. It's been, it's been crazy yeah. solid. And he's, you know, in his upper years too. So yeah, for that age producing like that, he's been really good. But obviously I, I, I am change, that so. age, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so, almost, almost. Oh, I'm almost how, Calais age. How old is Calais? Is he like 34? 33 or something? I don't know. I actually don't know. I just know he's yeah. later in his career. But regardless, that doesn't matter. So, um, um, so I got to throw the question back at you. Who's in your Jaguars Rushmore? To me, it'd be easy and probably what most people would say, though. Okay. Baselli. Baselli. Fred Taylor. Taylor. MJD. MJD. Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith. You went entirely offense. My friend. We've had, we've had defensive dominant. Donovan Darius. Donovan Darius. You know, I actually used to Kevin Hardy. Like Rasheen Mathis. Rasheen Mathis. But, no. Mm. Why, 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 uh, yeah, how do you justify this? Well, think about this. Would, are any of those guys going to be Hall of Famers ever? The ones that we just, like, impromptu the, mentioned? These defensive guys. Um, Besides Calais. Those ones, those ones won't. Yeah, I think Calais has a shot. And, and I guess anybody else that's already played and been out of the league for five years hasn't been nominated. Yeah. Right. No. Mm-hmm. But, that's a good point. Right? Yeah, Baselli is going to get in. Taylor is at least being nominated. Finally. But, MJD could be nominated. Solid Eventually. Career. Yeah. Did he get short career? Tony Pacelli's career was short. Oh, he did. He did. I think he did. Yeah. He'll get then, in eventually. And then Jimmy Smith, for love of God, should have already been in the Hall of Fame. He thing. should have been. I don't, I, he probably won't get Why in. Why is though. that? He's like a top 10 all time receiver. All time. Despite our own personal like crushes on the guy. Man, Seriously. I when I was a kid, I, was, I met me him too. at the airport returning from the Broncos game. My dad took me. That's how, that's how much we love the team. That's how much my dad loves me. <laughs> we went to the airport. <laughs> oh, you're so lucky. Saw the players come out. I said, Are you? Jimmy Smith, hey man, shook my hand. Went to the stadium that night. Uh, there was like, was it like a fly? Like that was the. Oh, sorry, we may have been coming from the stadium because I think the Jaguars played like flew over the stadium as the, as they were uh, on route there or something. That's really know. cool. It was amazing. So it's a personal con- connection with you two. To, right? Oh yeah, 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 exactly. Very cool. But uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, stat his stats definitely speak. And mm-hmm. just like I remember, just like growing up watching him, he was mostly the reason I like fell in love with the Jaguars and stuff. And I think Mark Brunell benefited a lot from having okay well we gotta i want to unpack this one here um why don't you have Brunel on your rushmore on your jags more smush because the other guys mentioned Mm -hmm. i think if you look look at their position they were one of the best maybe top 20 to ever do it at their position at their position and Brunel's not a top 20 all-time quarterback where do you put Brunel? top i would have to really do dig deep and do some research Top maybe, 150, maybe 100. 100, maybe 100. Maybe 100. Maybe 100. But I've got a counter argument for you. 
Um, Brunel came in, and he's a backup, actually, our first season. Right. Came in and carried the team, a la Minshew, in some ways. Um, and then put up some fantastic numbers the next several seasons, right? Right. Um, in the same way that he benefited from Jimmy Smith's presence. Well, Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell, Lightning and Thund- Thunder and Lightning, uh, also benefited from from Brunel's uh, passing ability. That's true. Watching some of these old games, you can go get some of them on on YouTube, right? You can mm-hmm. watch that. <laughs> this week, we should probably pregame with the nineteen ninety seven or whatever <laughs> Jaguars thirty twenty seven victory over the Broncos. Um, he was an extremely mobile quarterback that was, was escaping some really some situations of some imminent danger to give his team a chance. Um, really risking everything. Uh, you know, smart mind as well. Um, I would, yeah, if I want to counter my argument about Tony Baselli, Tony has been involved with the team. You know, he's a prominent voice, obviously. Um, so in every in every sense, he does he does deserve uh, credit. Uh, he is the Jaguar, the pride know? of the Jaguars. Yeah, he's but he's like the main face, I would say. But um, but I think I think Mark, you know, he stayed involved as well. He he's he runs runs a podcast. He's got some. Yeah. TV. Is he on ESPN still? I remember, I he was working that. for ESPN yeah. recently. But so. I think I think the guy was. Um, I think. He a left-handed quarterback as well. Another mm-hmm. thing, so teams would have to prepare, especially for him every week. Um, it would that was a story you heard every week. Getting ready for the left-handed quarterback. I think he left an impact, and I think he helped shape the franchise in some pretty strong ways. That some of the other characters uh, we're talking about here. We got Tony Baselli is, right. is a big big one here. I don't think that at that position that he that Tony would have had the, the chance to shape the franchise in the way that Mark did. Right. So I I do as terms of like a Rushmore, like your your founding members. Um, I think that Mark was uh, Mark would be a leading candidate for me. That's a great point too. Yeah. I mean, and he was a quarterback, and what's the most important position? Quarterback. So mm-hmm. okay, okay, I feel you there. You got me there. You got me there. Maybe I'll do some research. You know, yeah. reconsider, and maybe in ten years <laughs> it's going to be next some, week's cold take. I know, <laughs> right? I think I, Leon Searcy should be the only Jaguar on the Rushmore. He, uh, <laughs> He works for the Jaguars too. Yeah, huh? he's pretty yeah. baller too. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty cool. I think I follow him on Twitter now. So all right, <laughs> that's it for that. A little bit of Jaguars history there, real quick. All right, um, let's finish off with some random stuff, kind of around the league, kind of things. Yeah. So I was I was kind of talking to you about this earlier. Yeah. But I was gonna say, looking around the league, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, three no teams. Jesus. Right. The Which, Jaguars aren't one of them. I think I read. Oh. I missed this fact earlier. I think Uh-oh. DJ Chark is one of the. Um, I know this is so random. DJ mm. Chark is one of the only receivers this year that has a touchdown in each game so far, and what? there's only like five receivers. That's that that. so cool, true. Huh? Yikes! Pretty good. Yeah, he only gets awesome. like four catches a game, but uh, the other guys that were on the list, I can't remember exactly, but they were like big names, you know. And I was like, oh shit! It's always that fun exercise to take someone's stats after like week three, just multiply it <laughs> by like five point, like you know. Zero Dude, nine. He's three. on pace for yeah. sixteen touchdowns. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> amazing, isn't it? Yeah, but so I missed that earlier. I um, PFF posted it. And okay, like, that's cool. And it, you know, they have a graphic where they have like, so they have the five players, but the graphic was of DJ Chark. Like, <laughs> Whoa! Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. damn. Yes, all right, that's so that was pretty cool. Cool. But um, three no teams. Back to that. All right, got Buffalo. I see the list here. Okay, yeah, Buffalo. Buff- I'm already surprised. I saw that today. And I was like, uh because I'm not sitting here memorizing records or anything right, right. season. And I, I just, you know what? I gotta, I gotta be honest here. I have, I have a very stereotypical image of the Buffalo Bills. What's that? That I, I cannot view them in a productive way. And for them to have three victories to string, string back to back to back to start off the season, it's a pretty big surprise. 
So. And especially with all the, you know, Josh Allen stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, is he good? I was hating on him last year. Because <laughs> to me, he was like, he's kind of like Cam Newton. Big, strong arm, mm. inaccurate, mobile. Mm. It's a white Cam Newton to me. Mm. Which, Cam Newton was a good player. I don't think he's very good anymore. Mm. I think Josh Allen does have a chance to be a pretty good player now. And their defense is good. They're different from us, though. Like, we have the talent and, like, the personnel, you know? Like, mm. we have the players, the names. But they... They just, as a unit, their defense is a unit. They're so good. Have you ever watched them play? They, so much energy, and they just, they run to the ball. Yeah. They tackle. Sounds they make all the right plays. 2017 and, Jaguars. Right. Egos hadn't really taken anything over They yet. forced turnovers. Yeah. And they were just like, the Bills were just like this two mm-hmm. years ago when they played us in the playoffs. Yeah. That's what brought them to the playoffs. It wasn't yeah. Tyrod Taylor. It was that defense, a swarming defense. Yeah, which they kept us down to 10 points. Right, you know, they only they held they held Blake Bortles to like ninety one yards rushing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that that playoff game, I was so nervous for it, and I was like, it was kind of boring for yeah. everyone else, but for me, I was like, we're in the playoffs, I don't care, let's just win the fucking game. You, you know? know, if you want a Madden hack, make Blake Bortles your starting running back. Oh God, <laughs> B Mobile, I used to call him B Mobile, best running quarterback of all time. I've almost I've almost broken a thousand yards with him each season. Really? In my you know simulation okay. game, whatever. <laughs> All right, next team on the list, same division as the Bills, we have, surprise, surprise. Oh, New England. New England Patriots. And guess who plays this weekend? New England Buffalo. Mm. So I keep saying, one of my really good friends is a Buffalo fan, and we kind of agreed on this. I was like, New England could humble them very quickly. Yeah. You know? And and they're on pace to do that. And they've played something like perfect football this this season. They are dangerous. But this will give us a good look at what Buffalo really is. Mm -hmm. Because... You know, they're not going to win the division, right? I mean, I doubt it against New England, but we'll see what happens. So my real question is, out of these 3-0 you know, teams, yeah, you see them, Green Bay, Detroit. Well, Detroit's not 3-0, you know, but they're 2-0-1. Uh, Rams, San Francisco. Which team is most likely to miss the playoffs? It's really between Buffalo, Detroit, and San Francisco, mm. to me. And in my opinion, it is... Did we read the whole list? Did you mention the other teams? New England, KC, Dallas, Green Bay, Detroit, Rams, Niners. Well, the easy call here will be the Niners and the Bills because they haven't proven themselves as regular threats in the last few years. And the Lions have? And the Lions, uh, I feel like uh, with Matt Stafford, who, by the way, in the middle of living in Chad, I came back to Texas and lived in a house that my family didn't even own (laughs) in Highland Park. A very wealthy, affluent neighborhood zoned for its famous Highland Park High School where Matt Stafford uh, was a freshman at the time I was a sophomore. Oh, very cool. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah. And he once asked me, he was saying, hey, Bentley, I've been seeing you have a really tight spin on your spirals. What do you recommend? I'm just kidding. Oh. First part was true. Part was true. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had like, me all invested yeah. in the story. I was like, whoa, Matt, that big R Matt Stafford asking but you? But for me, something like a legacy of at least going to the playoffs multiple times right. in someone's career, not having a ton of change up on the team. Of course, you know Megatron uh, retired a little early, but Stafford's still there. Uh, I feel like... They know, are 2-0-1. Oh, they are not 3-0, no, so that does make sense. Oh, okay. Because they, they have the top. They're undefeated. But they're undefeated. Three, so I guess it was, these are the undefeated yeah. teams. Not but I think what will happen teams. is we'll probably be proved wrong. I mean, the, you know, they have the Packers on the list as well. They've had major troubles in the last uh, couple of years. Um, and they're playing right now. We don't even know what's going on. Drama. So. Yeah, we could cheat right now, turn on our Thursday Night Football and see if they've uh, already lost. 
So easy answer. It's e- I mean, it's either Buffalo, Detroit, or San Francisco. We know that. That's what it looks like. I think That's Dallas. I'm buying into Dallas for sure. I'm I'm buying into Dallas. Not just because well. of family ties or anything. <laughs> um, Dak's playing lights out, and they, they have surrounded themselves with some significant talent. I agree. So, so yeah, maybe it comes down to those three. I'm going to go with Detroit. I think they're most likely okay. to miss. Yeah. Buffalo, I think the knock on Buffalo yeah. is not even their play. I think it's more of they play with New England. So their only way in is wild card, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. Where, well, Detroit, I don't think they can win their division either. But San Francisco can, you know? So that's that. We'll see what happens. We'll have to see. And this would be a nice point to revisit. And uh, We will revisit this. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Um, what about 0-3 teams? 0-3. What's the list? I don't think any of these 0-3 teams can make we the playoffs, have, but uh, I have to ask. The Dolphins de Miami, the Miami Dolphins. We've got the New York Jets. We have a surprise, surprise. Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> Girlfriends. And we have uh, Cincinnati Bengals and the Arizona Cardinals. They're also they're, they're not 0-3 either. They're 0-2-1 because they have the tie against the line. Okay. Right. Hmm. So who's who might make the playoffs from the Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Arizona Cardinals? I didn't really think this one through because I don't think any of those teams can make the playoffs. I mean, it's a great question, though. I mean, I think right. it would be, I think, you know, statistically it's against them. But, but hey, it was we done might last be able, year. might be able to identify a team or two here. Houston did it last year. Houston, they went 0-3. Oh, shoot. And they got in. So why wow. not talk about it, right? But these teams are not like Houston. If Big Ben was quarterback for pittsburgh still maybe i mean pittsburgh fits into my whole winning culture narrative that they, i think that even with uh with a backup they might be able and to, to me something. they have the best chance yeah. still out of those teams because arizona's <laughs> young since yeah. he's a mess and they're they're gonna go into rebuild soon tank for two yeah. and maybe miami we don't even need to talk about miami because they're struggling but jets yeah, i think i can no see Darnold. kyler murray doing something with the cardinals right i and can't kind do- of like a so talented. It's kind of like a, I don't know, it reminds me a little bit of Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield actually came on pretty hot last year. Yeah. But I can see a rookie quarterback making a pretty difference there. Right. And he's been getting a little bit better every week is the narrative so far. So He's not bad. He's just really short. Yeah. And when I was, because I, I got to watch the Lions game, the Arizona mm-hmm. and Lions game, and that's when they got shut down the whole game in the fourth quarter. They yeah. strung a couple yeah. drives together and it was good. I was like, he's crazy mm-hmm. accurate mm-hmm. and he can, th- he can sling the football, mm-hmm. but it's more than just that. So, We'll see out of those teams. Who knows? Uh, what else do we got? Oh, before we get off, before yeah. we leave leave off, yeah. something happened before we started the show. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Oh God! There was a twi- t- Twitter argument between Holy two shit. players. Oh, can you can you just take a wild guess on one player that was involved? Are they are they? He's not on a team right now. Are they in the NFL? Well, are they in the NFL? Yes. Okay. Are they? Is are we talking about just Jaguars? No, this is the whole NFL, and one this guy has been on two teams this year. Oh, um, it's my uh, cousin Antonio Brown. Oh yeah, I forgot you guys related Bentley yeah. Brown, Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, That's right. Yeah. I don't, I don't have hair on the top of my head though, <laughs> so you might not be able to make the connection. So um, did did you see that? You didn't catch I don't that? know. I don't know. Him? Antonio, he's gone through a lot this year. Um, actually, I definitely liken his situation to Jalen's, even though Jalen's is not nearly as dramatic or oh, hazardous to the feet. Not. Um, but you, you know what, you know what, to be honest, like really stands out to me with these guys narratives. What's that? I mean, they're going through some psychologically tough stuff. I agree. When, when I heard Jalen's stuff with like, you know, it's probably, it's probably Coughlin that he got talked down to in that meeting. It reminded me of some really dehumanizing moments in my own life. Like talking to my own boss <laughs> at, yeah, the, at the university I was teaching at or whatever, mm-hmm. who just like 
you just feel you're not appreciated. You feel like they don't even know what to appreciate. And so then, yeah, of course you walk out, call your agent and say, Hey, I'm, I'm taking off here. So Antonio, I mean, he's an open, he's a pretty, uh, he, open I think book he has some problems. Well. So, so did you see what happened? He, no. got, he got in a Twitter argument with one of my favorite players, okay. Eric Weddle. Okay. Okay. You know, Eric Weddle. Yeah. Him, they started going back and forth. So it started with AB tweeted this morning or something saying yeah. the league needs me or something like that. Oh and, man. He's and, been all over the place. Oh, he was saying goodness. no more football for me. And this is he's, BS. He's literally and, all over the place. And, and he's in some ways, I mean, I might need to change my dissertation now, right? <laughs> I'm going to, instead of the revolution in Sudan, I'm going to look at the revolution in, in <laughs> mental health and power hierarchies in the NFL uh, through a, Antonio Brown. It's a real thing now. And Antonio yeah. Brown's kind of opened our eyes up to it, but yeah. it's, he's going crazy now. So he got in a huge argument with okay. Eric Weddle. Okay. He started with that. The league needs me. The league me. needs me. And, and what Eric, did Eric say? Eric Weddle said something about no we don't basically you okay. know like nah um part of my ignorance who's eric with right now eric weddle is with the rams right now okay he left the ravens he's with the rams okay. now okay. and so they went back and forth and antonio Brown's like oh you don't even and they're know personally me. tagging everybody they're going back and forth right they're going back and forth at each other yeah they were just like you know antonio brown pulled up some pictures is like oh i it was of him stiff arming Eric Weddle. So Antonio Brown, because, you know, Pittsburgh and the Ravens play twice a year or whatever. And Antonio Brown was like, oh, you don't even know me. Well, don't call me AB. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it got kind of like, it wasn't it wasn't a joke. Yeah. And then Eric Weddle was like, well, I have a game to prepare for. Like, I'm a, I'm on a team. Ooh, you don't, you're not even on a team. Like, and then he, Eric Weddle hit something like, have fun in class. Have fun at CMU because, you know, he enrolled in classes. Mm-hmm. Antonio Brown did. So they were going at each other, and it was just interesting that just so much shaming. Look yeah. at all this. But then Eric yeah. Weddle kind of was like, you know, it wasn't he wasn't taking doing personal attacks. You know, Eric Weddle was very calm. He's he was, a he he's a true veteran. Yeah. AB was. He's okay. a true vet, Eric Weddle. I gotcha. I gotcha. And AB was just like, oh, it was obnoxious. Yeah, but yeah, it blew up on Twitter today. I was like yeah. watching. I was like, wow. So that was nuts. That story's gonna be crazy to follow too. It's like the Jalen story, but more relevant. Uh, I don't know if it's more relevant because Jalen actually plays. He's on a team. AB's got all kinds of do stuff. You think, going on. Do you think AB can come back to the NFL? I mean, the problem with the Patriots is I mean, the Patriots are you know the most quote unquote professional. I mean, the word professional is it's a really political word, right? <laughs> right. Use it to like cover up a lot of shit, usually, right. right? I mean, you know, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady deflecting question after question about AB. It's the quote unquote professional thing to do. Don't focus on that off the field stuff. Focus on the team. Yep. Focus on the preparation. They're always games. about the team, but. I mean, they, then they, I think they stated officially that like it was basically, or I don't know if it was a report or what, but that AB on the, on the active roster in, in very <laughs> reportable text messages to people apparently threatening and getting involved in even more like harassment accusations and everything that this was just, oh, and when one person comes out to do that, it starts encourage other people to come exactly. out and, and suddenly, and then, you know. I do believe very much myself in giving people like a clean slate in terms of like, um, just don't judge, right? If you don't right. know, don't, don't judge, exactly. like stay out of it. But when you have multiple ap- accusations and you start to behave in a way that seems very defensive and maybe kind of in denial or something, you showing signs. people, people like, yeah, they're left with no choice, but to, to judge and to accuse and that kind of thing. He's putting a target on his own. Back yeah. Too, as yeah. weeks one. You and think he's he did it again? No, I don't. I really don't. And I think he's a great player, but I don't think teams similar to the Kaepernick situation, which we won't talk about. I mm. think that 
organization they just don't want to deal with that they don't deal with the you know, associated if the stuff, patriots yeah. can't deal with it no one is i think kaepernick personally kaepernick's a lot more valiant cause than like yeah antonio oh, brown's 100 100 percent. antonio brown stuff's bullshit you know actually right before i we came in here to record i just read that tom brady wasn't happy about antonio brown leaving Ooh, how yeah. about that i mean that was going to be an explosive pairing the immediate comparison is just like when they brought randy moss on exactly randy moss had a lot off the field issues but Hey, they brought him like, in and talent's talent winning cures all <laughs> you know how it goes so maybe it did rub tom the, the wrong mm. way and he wasn't on board with that but sure at the end of the day it's it's not his choice what can you do yeah. so all right <sighs> it's good ready stuff, to close man. here good stuff should man. i uh oh yeah. i almost forgot taven. taven taven come on over man um all right so i do need to preface this taven brian is not actually here he's um, not but we do have the great fortune of discovering a page from Taven's diary. Q weekly segment. Taven's diary. Um, so here we go. Is it okay to read this? Oh, yeah. So this is, go this ahead. is um, Taven wrote this to his diary after uh, last Thursday night's win. Let's hear Titans. it. I'm excited. Dear diary. It's been a while. I was taking the last year off. You know, from family, football, life in general. Just kicking back, playing some Xbox, tweaking my character on Madden. There's this cool customization feature where you can adjust your player's strengths and skills. Good shit, man. My team went 9-7, and seven, squeaked into the playoffs. I had 16 and a half sacks, baby. Woo! Yeah. But anyway, I'm getting back into the swing of things now. Haven't really paid attention to anything people have been saying about me. But I went out there and got my sack on Thursday night. And I'm happy about that. Getting my sack. Until next time, Taven. Wow. It's a tearjerker. Wow. I'm actually getting emotional, especially all that Taven's been through. Yeah, I know. That he wrote that. Oh, man. Just the resilience. Oh, and really, for, for though, on a serious note, congrats to Taven. You know, he's really stepped it up. I know he's probably heard all the negative criticism and stuff. He looked so quality. If you, had, if you had, like, zoned out and come and just watched last Thursday night's game, you'd be like, oh, look, promising second-year player. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So definitely proud of him because I thought he was going to be a straight bust. So thank you, Taven. Thank you, Taven. We look here to, uh, forward to hearing more throughout the season. I know. I think the, his diaries will get a little more positive now, too, now that he's producing. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, it's really a space for him to kind of decompress and unpack things he's going through. <laughs> it's actually a good thing to do. If you guys need someone to talk to, write, write in your diary, right? It's a forgotten thing now. Actually, we're going to get serious here. I'm talking about PhD student writing, writing is an amazing tool. It really is. Amazing tool. I actually, um, seriously, I used to, you know, when I would get depressed and stuff, I'd write. Yeah. It, it helps. It really does help. Right. Okay, let's not get too emotional. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. So um, hopefully, we won't have to write too much in coping uh, from the Steer season. <laughs> For sure, you know, Jaguars football does cause depression. But this Sunday, yes. we will not be depressed. And dude, Woo, I'm, going so, to the game. I'm so going excited to the game. for the game. I'm gonna get super mile hyped. high at the mile high. It's gonna be good. Drink some beers. Drink some white claws. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try not to tailgate what too hard. F you know, is a white claw. It's one of those seltzer water things. Are you serious? Seltzer, seltzer water? Seltzer water? Alcoholic seltzer water? Oh, alcoholic seltzer water. Yeah. No way. You know is that cure it? malaria as well? 
I don't know. You want to try? Just yeah, them in the fridge. <laughs> okay. Nice, nice. Yeah, but anyways, uh, it's gonna be a great time. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm gonna try not to drink too much. Just want to enjoy the game, really. Sure. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there early too. So you should get there early too. Do you Definitely. have any uh, cold takes for the game on Sunday? No, nothing. Anything crazy nothing, happening? Nothing right now. I think I, I bet a Fournette breakaway run, uh, first possession of the, of the game. Okay. Breakaway run. I'll call it right here, right now. That's yours? Yeah. That's okay, me. what's mine? That's me. Gardner's going to get strip sacked on the I thought you were going to say Ramsey's going to be back. <laughs> <laughs> Ramsey flies Woo! in last second and dresses for the game. I think... Gardner, ooh, strip sack. Dude, don't freaking that, curse. That's kind of negative, man. isn't it? But yeah, dude, not, I, just said, I, I, I have a feeling about that. But anyways, guys, thanks for joining us, Thank Bentley. You. Thanks for being here. Thanks, it was man. a lot of fun. Yeah, this was it. good. Yeah, looking forward All to it. All right. More. Guys, um, go Jaguars, and we will see you next week. Hopefully, we will be 2-2, two and two, 500. Let's do it. Go Jags. Rawr, rawr, rawr.